0: And welcome to Linux and Ham Shack. My name is Richard KB5JBV, and I am one of the hosts. Only one of the hosts of this particular feast, for the senses feast for the senses. And even you know, we've discussed talking, uh, podcasting, naked in the past. But even though Peter's been asking, Peter64 has been asking me to take my shirt off. I ain't going to do it because this is a family show. Let me introduce to you the leader of the pack. The darling of Southeast Linux Fest, Russ, K5TUX. Take a bow, Russ.
1: I would take a bow, except no one could see it. So, hello, everybody. This is Russ, K5TUX, fresh back from Southeast Linux Fest. In fact, I got back, as of the time of this recording, at about 9.30 p.m. last night, which would have been Monday, the 14th of June. So I'm fresh back from Southeast Linux Fest. We may or may not have any time to say anything about Southeast Linux Fest because we have been putting off episodes for so long now that we have feedback backed up from here to New York City. So uh, I think we're just going to have a program about feedback. About feedback, containing feedback, including feedback, talking about feedback, 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 feedback. feedback. It's all about the feedback. And if I could actually make my microphone feedback, I would do it, but I can't. Anyway, back to you, Richard. How are you?
0: <laughs> Starting to talk like he's from South Carolina. All pretty good. Things have been uh, interesting the last few weeks. Last few weeks. And, in fact, you're talking about feedback, feedback, feedback. The last studio edition of Resonant Frequency, the amateur radio podcast, had to be all feedback because they were so backed up because we were off for a while. But we're back on, maybe, I think. It's working.
1: Y'all can hear both shows. Because there's a problem with iTunes. But that's okay. That's okay. I can't hear both shows. I can't hear I can't hear resonant frequency right now. Should I be able to hear it? Uh, if you go download it. Oh, and. I was having a problem with your feed last time. I'm going to have to try it
0: again. And y'all were very, very lucky. Y'all missed Burt and Ernie last week. So, let us... Uh, well, I guess we've decided to do all feedback on this episode. So let me go close some windows on the browser and we haven't been going that long, but let's uh, do that. We never did decide who, who's got what and how many. So, uh, why don't we just, I know
1: we'll do like they do over, uh, over at, uh, uh, that other show.
0: What's the name of that
1: show? If I knew what you were thinking, life would be different for me. Uh, the Tom and Larry show going Linux like they do
0: over going Linux. You know, they have one episode feedback a month. We're not going to turn it into a regular feature, but what the heck? We'll just give it a shot now. So let's, uh, let's start off. But Russ has got so many feedbacks over there. Let's see what Russ has got for us this
1: time. All right. Well, if I'm going to start then I'm going to start with the oldest one because the oldest one is pretty darn old at this point. In fact, it has a date of May 11th. How about that? What day yeah, is it today? 6.15. That's, that's older than yours? All right. All right. You, hopefully you have this one, or if you don't, oh, well. <laughs> I'll pretend like I do. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about it anyway. This one's from Warren, N0XLT. That's November 0, November not. X-Ray Lima Tango. I don't want to get my O's confused with my Zeros this time. I've done that before. Anyway, this was an email to me, it looks like, so you probably don't have this one. Probably not. It says, hey Russ, still catching up with the backlog of podcasts. I'm really enjoying things so far. Just a thought. Heck, maybe you've already done it, and I just haven't listened to that podcast yet. Since there seem to be many people who would like to use Ham Radio Deluxe on Linux, maybe you could detail equivalent Linux packages to duplicate the functionality of HRD. Rig control, logging, digital modes, satellite tracking, DX cluster, etc. Also, maybe a similar thing for DX Labs. I'm thinking about a side-by-side comparison, feature-for-feature, etc. Think this might be a possibility? I'm particularly interested in rig control with simultaneous digital CW mode operation, especially since I recently picked up a Rig Blaster plug-and-play for my Yaesu FT-857 Delta. I've already been doing rig control and assisted logging via HRD and N1MM, and I'm looking for other packages as well. Since none of them are the perfect solution, I would love to have a Linux-based ham suite similar to HRD or DX Labs or even a true cross-platform package that will run on anything, Linux, Mac, or Windows. So, any thoughts? Thanks, And 7 3 De n not X-Ray, Lima Tango, Warren. And I'll say the first thing about this, and that's that we already have addressed in previous episodes all of the applications that would combine to make a Ham Radio Deluxe, things like FL Digi, XDX, X log, G predict, so on, so forth. And I, for one, don't know anything about DX labs. So, Richard, do you know anything about DX labs?
0: No, I've never heard of it. Did he say HRD? He did. Oh. Actually, the, uh, Dex lab, lab or whatever, I haven't heard of it. Y'all have to remember that we're primarily Linux users around here, except for Russ and his magic fruit field computer. However, with, uh, the digital situation, see, that's the thing. A lot of people don't run some of this stuff, so they don't really know what a lot of it can do. Uh, you have rig control under FL Digi when you're doing, uh, doing digital with that. Uh, you also have, uh, some other features, XDX also will access uh, the rig control features in your uh, in your radio and stuff. Actually, I think it's a good idea that so some, if somebody did take the time to go take a look at HRD, go take a look at this other program, uh, go to what is available in Linux and put them up side by side, see what it would take to get all these things running together. It's all open source software. I'd have done it myself, but I don't, number one, have time. Number two, I'm not the kind of person that's going to be able to incorporate these pieces of code and put them all together and everything like some of you guys can because uh, my programming skills are in the stone age. So uh, I think it would be a great idea, but uh, go check these programs out in Linux because a lot of them will already do what people are wanting them to do. They just haven't attempted to do it. Uh, Good example. I'm not going to give Rig Blaster, the Rig Blaster people $100 for an interface that I bought for 35 bucks. It's not exactly the same on the outside, but on the inside, it's not exactly the same either, but it has, the, it is a good sound card interface. It's got proper, uh, uh, isolation, uh, filtering, everything that you need, and it runs just fine for me. And I run that into my uh, Yaesu FT-897 using FL-Digi, running the uh, rig control on HamLab through FL-Digi, and it runs just fine, and I can do most modes with that bad boy. Now, as far as the satellite programs and stuff, haven't had a chance to really take a good look at them because satellites is my father's thing, not mine. But I'm sure there's equivalent stuff. You know, we currently have Ted WA zero WA zero EIR in the uh, chat room and uh, he might be able to give us a little input on that. But you know, the fact of the matter is go out and try the programs. And unfortunately we have trouble keeping the programmers over on our side for at least ham radio software because they can go talk people into paying to build applications for windows and, uh, I can't blame them. That's what I got to say.
1: Okay, well, I'm going to talk a little bit about DX Labs just because it came up in the, in the email. And you can find this software at www.dxlabsuite.com, and that's suite, S-U-I-T-E. And here are the things that are listed on this page for what it can do. Transceiver control, rotator control, solar terminator display and prediction, World Map Display, Call Book Lookup, Logging, Award Tracking, QSL Route Discovery, QSL Card and Label Generation, LOTR and EQSL Support, Digital Modes, RIDI, CW, DX and WWV Spot Collection, Propagation Monitoring and Prediction, and a whole bunch of other stuff. This is Windows Software, however, they also talk about how you can run this software using a virtual machine, and they specifically mentioned Sun's virtual, virtual box, uh, on Windows machines, or I'm sorry, on Linux machines, you know, but you have to have a Windows operating system under a virtual machine because all of this stuff is Windows based. However, if it's something you want to look at, you can certainly check it out, dxlabsuite.com. And as I said in previous episodes, we have talked about all the different open source software that mimics or emulates the same functionality that exists in DX Lab and HRD, which are both freeware, but neither of which are open source. So I think that's all we have to say about that, unless you want to get in one more dig about HRD.
0: Well, no. No, HRD... They, they built on what they got for nothing. And I'm not even going to pursue that. But you know what? It, it kind of bothers me when I'm clicking down through something that's supposed to do everything as DX lab does. down at the bottom, I see it says interoperates with multi PSK, MMSS TV, MFVARI, DM780, FL Digi, HRD, Mixed W, and DX Atlas. Because apparently <laughs> there's stuff that, uh, they claim to do higher up that these other programs can do better. So uh, yes, but I'm not going to harp on it. I'm not going to go off on a tangent much. And we will have to check into it. Let's just say that we will have to check into it. And, uh, check check this out more and see what's going
1: on with it. So uh, what else we got? Well, let me throw out a quick Google alert that we got that says that we were mentioned yet again on a. Post over at radio.mcdougalshome.net. We already have his site up on our website, and he has our website up on his. But since he decided to talk about us again, I figured we'd talk about him again. I did not get that one. Uh, that came in on May twelfth, so that was quite a while back. And I'm about to kill a cat. Hang on. Uh huh.
0: See, see how he is. Use a staple gun on it. Ka-choo, ka-choo,
1: ka-choo. Yeah, I just wish he'd shut up, but anyway. Anyway, thanks. Uh, Let me see uh, if I got a call sign for the gentleman over at mcdougalshome.net. Yep, there it is right there. Kilo 7 Juliet Mike, k 7 jm All right, why don't you do one? How about that?
0: Why don't I do one? Yeah, why don't you do one? Okay, did Russ mention to y'all that there was a Google alert from uh Linux PR Linux PR it's uh was actually an alert that involved a uh press release for Southeast Linux Fest and uh look Russ Woodman K5TUX is displayed prominently in the press release senior systems and network administrator with more than 20 total years of experience in BSD, Unix, Solaris, Linux, Cisco, networking devices. Russ is a co-founder and co-host of the Linux and Hamshack podcast, as well as an avid audio engineering hobbyist, amateur radio oper- uh, pop- the op- the oil, <laughs> amateur radio enthusiast, and independent music promoter. He is also a Linux journal contributor and a guest on various well-known Linux and FOSS related podcasts. Now that is right nice. Yeah. I just you, came in on May, May 17th. So it probably don't make no difference now. Y'all ain't going to catch it. You know why that's so nice? Because I wrote it. I see. <laughs> I have to have you read, write some stuff for me. Oh my goodness.
1: Huh? Oh, I was aiming at a cat again. Oh, no, I
0: was looking at something else.
1: You're not doing very well at this. You're you're supposed to be talking and
0: stuff. I'm sorry. I'm trying to look ahead at the few, at the very few emails that I have. Actually, I was looking at a, uh, a, a donation and it turns out that it wasn't outbound. It wasn't inbound. It was outbound. So let us move on to the next.
1: All right, well, let's do one more of the ones that I have before we stop for a break. How's that sound?
0: Okay, I was going to do one, but go
1: ahead. Okay, well, you can do one, too, but I want to get this one out of the way because it should be fairly straightforward. Okie dokie. Okay. Uh, this one is from Bob, and I don't see a call sign here, but I could probably look it up. But while Richard's talking, I'll look it up. Anyway, this one's from Bob. It says, I really enjoy your podcast, although I lost it for a couple of weeks with your feed change. Now that I have my Mashpotter feed sorted out with your new RSS feed, it's working again. Sort of. For various reasons, best summed up by the words Hulu and Netflix, my family media PC is Windows 7. Ooh, maybe I should have read this one first. Anyway... I recently noticed that your Ogg podcast does not play on VLC for Windows. I mean, Okay, so at this point, I have to ask why I should care. But I immediately thought it was a Windows problem. After further troubleshooting, it appears that it does not play with VLC on my Linux boxes either. Okay, now I care. I saw that. The same okay. Ogg file works fine with other players on Linux. While it looks to be a VLC issue with your Ogg audio file, it's strictly not your problem. I would hate to see this problem impact potential new listeners to your podcast. My analysis may be out in left field, but I thought you would want to know. Keep up the good work. And that was from Bob. So thank you, Bob. And I haven't actually had a chance to look into this issue, but I have played all of the OG files that I have generated on VLC on both my Linux PCs, my Windows 7 PCs, and my Mac that is here just above my Linux PC. And it works on all of them. So I'm not sure what the issue here is, and I hope it's not affecting anyone else. And so far as I know, you're the only person who's brought it up. So I do hope you have uh, a resolution to this problem. It may be just a simple upgrade of VLC. I know I've seen a couple revisions come through pretty recently. So uh, try and upgrade. Try downloading and playing the aug file again and it should work for you i certainly hope it does but if it doesn't go ahead and let us know uh, i don't see it as a widespread problem otherwise i'm sure a lot of people would complain, uh, would complain about it because we do get a lot of aug file downloads anyway just thought i would read that on the air and hope that everything is working again for you and uh, i wish i had an answer but i don't unfortunately unless richard has something to add well, actually, I, I run
0: VLC on uh, sometimes on my Linux machines, not very often, but I also run it on a uh, laptop that the wife has on the other end of the house so I can listen to AUG files on it. And um, I've not been having any issues with uh, any of the stuff coming out. Uh, it could very well be a VLC issue. It could be the particular episode you were trying to listen to. I would suggest track it a little bit and see if it persists and if that's the case and it does turn out that it is, in fact, our feed, please let us know so that we can uh, take a look at that and see if we may be able to
1: correct it. Sounds perfect to me. I guess we're done with that one, so go ahead. You wanted to get one in before we took a break, so go for it.
0: No, no actually, I, I, there's two of them that are very
1: similar. So so you want let's, to push it to after the break? So let's take a break. Okay, go ahead and lead us into the break. I thought I just did. Oh,
0: okay. So, hey, hang around a few minutes, listen to the music. We'll be right back. And we will pick up part two of our feedback extravaganza. Okay, and we're back. Uh, I found figured out that I, I was remiss while we were while we were taking a break, and let me correct that right now. We would like to welcome uh, Jagged twenty six hundred K nine WKA K five WMA KJ four O H H RF Podcast one whoever the hell he is uh, three thirty uh, UStreamer three one two seven nine UStreamer three five seven one eight UStreamer seven eight four five three UStreamer seven nine three one six B two X P L and our ever present and favorite Ted W A zero E I
1: R and don't forget Cheryl and our favorite and ever present Bill K nine W K A I know you said his call sign but you didn't give him proper props. Bill is like the
0: silent partner on these jobs, y'all. I mentioned it over on the other one, but he's like our silent partner. If it wasn't if it wasn't for bill everything would fall apart on the websites I just want y'all to know that
1: and bill actually bought a linux in the handshack shirt so thank you bill really yes really
0: and yes uh k5 aVj is in the chat room he's the anonymous u streamer seven nine three one six now i I know y'all are asking yourself. How can Richard do that list the way he just did it and stumble all over himself when he's just talking about other stuff? And my suggestion to you on that is let that little piece of little question keep you awake at night. All right. And we were doing feedback. So let us get back to doing what we was doing before we quit doing it. And, uh, uh, actually I'm going to read some feedback this time. So, Russ is going to hang on to his seat, and here we go. This one comes from Danny. I believe Danny is not licensed. He did give me his last name, but y'all know, I t- no, he didn't. He calls himself Danny Boy Went in his emails. Oh, yeah, there it is. There's his last name, but I don't say last names on these shows. It says, hello, Richard and Russ. My name is Daniel, Danny for short. I am a new Linux user. Orca is the screen reader I use. You may remember my writing you before. I want to know how uh, you want me to spread the word about your program about Orca. Well, we haven't done it yet, Danny, but we'll, we'll let you know. Uh, I want you to have my perspective as a new user. We will get with you on that when we get ready to do it. However, there are many many who know much more about it than do I. Uh, please feel free to write or to call whenever you like. I will be occupied for about a week and may not check my email as often as I normally do. Thanks again for your interest in Orca. Danny. So, we got another Orca one, and that's why I want to do these
1: two together. What do you think about that one, Russ? Well, that is exactly what I would have said, because we are going to do the thing about blind and sight-impaired users. We just haven't had a chance to get to it yet. Life has thrown lots of... Monkey wrenches and curveballs our way. And that's just the way it is. However, I would like to indicate that the user that you're talking about, Danny, does have a call sign. Uh, he gave, a, he sent us a voicemail about it and his call sign is KJ4UHI. Just, uh, by way of proper recognition. So back to you. And I know what you're going to next and I can't wait for this one. Yeah, because, like, Danny Danny, and everybody else,
0: like I said, you guys get in touch with us on Orca because we want to do a special or do a show on Orca so we can get the blind hams involved also. You know how diff some of y'all know how difficult it is to get things working right under that other operating system, and we want to see what we can do about it. So, without much fanfare or further ado... And our next piece of feedback is from uh Jonathan who apparently doesn't have a call sign either. And uh it says, "Hello. I listened to episode 38 and you had announced that you were looking for information about orca. I have I have to let you know that I am not a ham, but I am a daily orca user. So, if there's anything I can do to help, please let me know. Thank you for the great show." And that's from Jonathan. And Jonathan, I'm gonna make you the same offer made Danny when we get ready to start putting together, compiling, compressing, adding on, and doing on Orca. We will get in touch with you. In fact, I'm gonna file your email right now uh, in a place where I'm pretty sure I can find it. And if not, this yellow nut sticky note on the desk will show me the way. So, what do you think about that one,
1: Russ? I didn't have that one, so I have no thoughts whatsoever. <laughs> I find that life is better that way. Me too. Okay, so what do you got? Okay, I have one from back on the 14th of May, and this is from KF6EFG, Kilo Foxtrot 6, Echo Foxtrot Golf. And his name is John. And his email says, Hi, my name is John. How about that? KF6EFG, and I have been out of the ham radio hobby for a few years. Would it be possible to have a small section of the show devoted to explaining the changes to the licensing structure and where the hobby is going? Frankly, I am confused as to what and where my TechnoCode license fits into anymore. I started talking occasionally on two meters, where I started my ham career long ago, but I am unsure where my privileges are now. I enjoy listening to the podcast and am excited that I can put my Linux box to use with amateur radio. Keep up the good work. P.S. I was browsing the site and noticed that it was very slow in responding to page requests. John, KF6EFG. Well, thanks, John, for the email. I'm not sure why the site is slow. It shouldn't be. We've got a pretty good network connection, and it seems to load pretty quickly for me. I don't know if anyone else is having that problem, but I will take a quick look into it at some point and see if there is something I can do about it. As for having a small section of the program... That talks about licensing changes and where the hobby is going. I kind of like to think that we talk about that as we go along, even though we don't necessarily address it as a section or a particular segment of the show. But everything we talk about has to do with where the hobby is going and, you know, how, how things are advancing as far as amateur radio is concerned and particularly where it fits into. Open source software and Linux and all that kind of thing as far as where your no code tech license fits in anymore If that is still valid you are now what's called a technician class and you have all of the privileges allowed a technician which is uh, mostly VHF and UHF and some very minor privileges on 10 meters and I think there's something else uh, I don't have my band plan in front of me, unfortunately, and I took my test many, many years ago. <laughs> so, if Richard, uh, do, you, do you remember if there's a, is there something else like on 60 meters or 80 meters or something like that for techs? I don't remember, or is it strictly 10 meters on HF?
0: Actually, I haven't recently checked it, uh, and it's been some time. I came in as a novice operator uh, they have changed things and moved them around and ever everything else since I got licensed. So as far as the, uh, the codeless tech, what the privilege, uh, privileges are, I'm a little unclear on. However, if y'all will give me just a second.
1: Well, you basically have the privileges of what used to be a technician class and what used to be a novice class. You have all of those privileges, which is where you get the HF from. And I know there's a 28.1 to 28.5, uh, in the 10 meter range, as well as everything above 6 meters. Uh, I just don't remember if there's anything below 10 meters. And of course, if you Google for the, a, um, if you Google for the amateur radio band plan, uh, you'll be able to download a JPEG image or a PDF file, which will tell you all of the privileges that you currently have.
0: Well, actually that's what I was getting to. Uh, if you'll go over to the ARRL's website and everybody knows I try not to promote them too heavily. I pay them $40 a year. They need to be promoting us. Uh, what I am seeing here though, I went and took a look. It appears that, uh, let's see, uh, there's t- technician class on 10 meters. Uh, there's. A code portion for novice tech. They really haven't updated this completely. It doesn't look like it does have the 60-meter band on it. But uh, what they're showing is novice tech would be cut co- the code, old code, coded licenses. I would assume that uh, you have this tech privilege in the 10-meter uh, band, and that's going to be as far down as you're able to go. However, uh, six meters, two meters, one-and-quarter meters, you've got uh, – Privileges seventy thirty three. Basically, it's basically the same coverage as a coded check was at the time. You probably got a license. Uh but go on over to the AWRL when you uh, AWRL's website. When you get there, up at the top, you'll find a search box. Type band plan, and it'll take you to a page where they have a, a table view of what privileges what can Be operated in different bands in different areas of these bands. And over on the side, there's also a place to click and get a full color, uh, full color copy that you can print of the band plan, of the uh, band plan. Very similar to the band plan, uh, sheets you can get from ICOM if you're at any of your local shows and ICOM is there.
1: Uh, in the chat room, the we have a uh, KE5WMA who is saying that there are. Technician class privileges for code only in portions of the 15, 40, and 80 meter bands. Now, I don't know that for sure because I'm not looking at a band plan, or at least not looking at a current one for sure. Since I,
0: he's fairly fresh, because if I remember correctly, he just recently got his license. Uh, that's what I'm seeing on the band plan here that, uh, that I was looking at. Uh, I was still seeing CW allocations for those bands that are labeled novice tech, but I didn't know if it was something they had not updated yet, if that was something that was still in force, or what was going on. Apparently, they're giving them that space, so they have the opportunity to uh, learn.
1: Yeah, my my understanding is that because the the technician and the no-code technician, well, because there's no code anymore specifically, that all of the novice permissions and all of the previous tech permissions have been rolled into what is now called the technician class. So every permission that was given to a novice and every permission that was given to a coded tech are now available to the current class called technician. So that would include CW in the 15, 40, and 80 meters. Uh, it would give you CW and some voice in the 10 meter band and basically all privileges from six meters and up
0: and the only reason i'm not more up on it y'all is i've got an advanced class license and just haven't been able to take care of it yet so uh i know where the extra portions are and i stay out of them otherwise i got to run everything else you know the band plans only go up to 23 centimeters but we have our, we, have, we have operating privileges in nearly every band segment up to visible light. I mean, the thing is that since we're talking about this, let me go ahead and throw this in. And that might not have been a completely accurate statement, but we're talking about we have operating privileges in 2.3 gigs. We have operating privileges in 2.4 gigs, 3.3 to 3.5 gigs.
1: And don't forget the other way. We have experimental privileges on five kilohertz now, six hundred meter band. Five
0: point six to five point nine gigahertz, ten gigahertz, twenty four gigahertz, forty seven gigahertz, seventy six gigahertz, eighty one gigahertz, one hundred twenty two gigahertz to one hundred twenty three gigahertz, one thirty four to one forty one gigahertz, two forty one. To the 250 gigahertz and everything above 275 gigahertz we can operate on. And it didn't go up that high when I got licensed, but there was a whole lot of spectrum up there that we were able to use because nobody else was using it. Is back to the initial question.
1: And yeah, Bill says, Bill says five kilohertz. I thought that was by special license. And that's what I said, Bill. I said experimental class only. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You. You. It's not. Uh. Not general privilege in the amateur service, but you can get special licenses to operate in the 600 meter band. Well, There you go. Aha. Uh-huh. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So are we done with that one? Can we move on? So. I'm not finished with Orca yet. No. I oh. Did finish Orca. You did finish Orca. Okay. Actually,
0: what I was surprised to find was the fact that I found the messages. I knew I'd been seeing. I had seen them. They were just in a different place. Okay, do you want to go on? Do you have something to say? Let's try this one since I wasn't there. Okay. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: hello, I'm back from Hamvention. I could only make uh, one day my inaugural year, and when I stopped by your booth, I was pretty fried. By the way, I'm Doug. KB3TOA. Anyways, I'm going through uh, my harvest of business cards, and when I saw your card, I tried to follow you on Twitter. But Twitter says that HamShack Linux is not a valid user account. The Twitter logo link on the main page gives the uh, same result. Thank you for running a drawing at the Hamvention. I hope you get a uh, a lot of new interested listeners Yeah, we got Linux guys showing up over here now. Um, I see from the website that you have 39 episodes, though the number does not seem to be in hex. It'll take a while to get caught up. Doug. And that would be Doug. KB3TOA.
1: Fried, huh? There's been a lot of frying and toasting going on out there, and I missed it. Yeah, I think you did. There was all kinds of stuff going on out there. Wild orgies, great. Heathen ceremonies, druidic uh, marriage ceremonies, Mormon multi-wife, you know, things that we can't really talk about on the show. It it was a wild party.
0: Well, unfortunately, I couldn't go. I know. it's Not been a good year for me.
1: (laughs) See, Bill was there. He was there for the toga
0: party. Even though I haven't gotten drunk and run into my house yet.
1: Well, let me address this thing from Bill, or, or I'm sorry, from Doug. Uh, Bill, Bill's got me distracted in the chat room, but this this email was from Doug, it and was from Doug. yes, it was from Doug. And Doug also sent us a donation, so I can go ahead and get rid of that. So, thank you, Doug, for your donation to our hosting expenses. We really appreciate it. And to address your hello and inquiry, you tried to follow us on Twitter. But HamShack Linux is not a valid user account. Well, that's true. It is not. It is now LHS Podcast. Lima Hotel Sierra Podcast is now how you follow us on Twitter. And I have fixed the link on the website so that if you click, if you go to the right hand side of the page and click the Twitter button, you will go to LHS Podcast and you're able to subscribe that way. So thank you for letting me know that that was broken. And I have since fixed it. And let's see, what else does he say here? He says, thank you for running the drawing. We have not actually had the drawing yet. We will have it, and we will have an announcement of the winner by the next podcast. I'm sorry for the delay on that, but things have been really, really busy around here. And we have a an Olingo DJ175T 2-meter handy talkie that we're giving away. And somebody is going to win that. And like I said, the announcement will be by the next podcast. So thanks to everybody who entered our drawing and who came by the booth at the Dayton Hamvention. We were glad to see everybody. And in fact, episode 39, which I'm going to release very, very soon, talks about some of the feedback we got from people who visited us at our booth in Dayton. So thanks again to everybody. It was good to see everyone. Yes, I know that the episodes are numbered as if they're hexadecimal numbers, but they're really not. I'm just being uh, optimistic that we will have at least 999 episodes. So that's about all I have to say about that. What about you?
0: I'm pissed off there was a the radio and I didn't know about it. I'd been stuffing that damn box.
1: <laughs> we'll see if you'd come to the ham
0: bench and you didn't know. It had disappeared. Russ had said, where'd the damn radio go? And I would have said, I don't know. It's not my day to keep up with it. Well, yes. Thank you for coming by the booth. We've, there's been a lot of discussion about Richard not being there. Unfortunately, uh, it's been a difficult year and I'm not going to bore, bore y'all with that because, uh, I'm not. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Moving on. We read, we read some, uh, feedbacks from Danny a while ago and I wanted to split off the one we read from, uh, these other two because, uh, I had a pair of them, but let me go ahead and read these other two real quick. Cause, uh, they might be helpful. They might not, but hey, we got to fill up some time. So hello, uh, how may I hear the unedited podcast you talked about? <laughs> Thank you for the information on the uh, l c w o website, Danny. Tell him how you can listen to the unedited podcast we talked about.
1: Russ well, you can do that by going to the stream feed, and the easiest way to get there is by going to the website and clicking on the link there's a link on the right hand column that says l h s up all night and that's a link to the to the stream. You'll have to have a a feed, or you'll have to have a stream application like VLC that can play an OG stream. I'm not sure that iTunes or Totem or anything like that can play it. I believe Totem can actually, and XMMS probably can, but VLC is probably going to be your best bet. But if you go to that lake LHS up all night, um, I tend to trade out those feeds every once in a while. And sometimes I play the unedited episodes of the podcast that we record here live. And so you never know, you never know what you're going to hear on that feed, but that's where you go. And because the URL is pretty complicated, best thing to do is just go to lhspodcast.info and click on that link, play it in your favorite streaming audio player. And there you go. And there you have it.
0: The other way to hear the unedited podcast is to show up at Ustream.tv when we're recording. You can get the uh, you can get the information on when we're recording off the website, and most of the time it's accurate. Most of the time it's accurate. Just click the button, come on over. You end up with an anonymous Ustreamer number. I'll be able to sit here while we're doing the show and go, oh look, all those anonymous Ustreamers. UStreamer seven seven six seven, 8, 4, 5, 3, Ustreamer 78453, 9, Ustreamer 92582. So that's how it works. If you want to go ahead and catch the live show, which is definitely unedited, and I bet there's stuff in the live show that doesn't even make it to the uh up all night feed. So you never know.
1: Okay. Dun dun so. dun. dun.
0: So let me whoop this other one out real quick and whooping it out might be kind of part of the subject anyway. So Danny sent us another one and he asked the question Are you kidding about wearing kilts? If not, did you get it from Utila Kilt? Well, number one, uh, yes. And number two, <laughs> no. Anybody can tell you that when we, uh, when we record the podcast, uh, actually, Well, the guys that watch it live, they can see a shirt, a hat, and a pair of glasses, and that's all they can see, which is probably a good thing. And we normally don't have gals show up. So, well, except for Cheryl. Cheryl is dedicated, 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 except for Russ has her chain to the stove. All right, so unless Russ is wearing a kilt, are you wearing a kilt, Russ?
1: I am not wearing a kilt, but I have seriously considered it. Well, there you go. See, I, I wear a kilt without a kilt. And there you have it.
0: <laughs> Please don't stand up. That's all I have to say. What I'm telling y'all, that's what I'm trying to tell y'all, what I'm trying to get across, and nobody's paying attention.
1: And if all we, right. if I was to get a kilted, it would probably be from Utila Kilt because I believe that's where um, Lord Drakenblut, who I met at OLF last year, got his, and his was pretty cool.
0: Well, I, ha- I may have checked that out. I uh, see. I got a book on the other end of the house where I have my tartan bookmarked and a kitty. Anyway, so, uh, uh, we've been going for a little while. How many more feedbacks you got,
1: Russ? Um, I've got stuff to talk about. So why don't we go ahead and take a break and then we'll, uh, finish it up on the other side.
0: Well, let's all go to the snack bar and get ourselves a drink.
1: Let's all go to the snack bar. Or something like that. Isn't that how it goes? That's that little jingle, right?
0: Yeah, I think he's going to cut that out, Gal.
1: I don't know. I think I might leave that in.
0: Okay, leave it in. Y'all listen. We'll be right back.
1: Mm, it's a good life if we just don't weekend. I pick the pretty flowers by the freeway every weekend. Gonna show them who we are. We're big rock stars now. And, yes, we like to roll up in those big old fancy cars. Oh, I. Me poetry today. Uh, yo, uh-huh. yo, music will free your soul. It'll make you lose control. It's over when I say it's oh. Always come with my freestyle clothes. From here to Hello. Belmont Hello. Show. Here but Don't get stopped by the Hello. popo. po Take a money for what? Take a money for a Long each show. That's it right there. Oh, baby, please listen to me We're gonna be big rock stars Oh, yes, I guarantee
0: The check's all up in the mail Said the recording company Don't worry No, 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 no About it
1: Tomorrow. I just don't know. Just looking for my little peace in times like these. Trying to provide a peaceful life for all the babies. So oh, I, whoa, I am free. Oh, listen to me. Mm, speak me poetry today. Hey,
0: yeah. And we're back. All righty. Russ wanted to uh rest a minute, so I'm gonna remind y'all something. Sometime back we reported that the Northwest Tasmania ATV group was running our shows on the repeaters and stuff. And uh we uh got another little reminder for uh one we were gonna stick on there. Appears to be episode twenty four. If you go take a if you go take a look, if I can figure out where their website is Go over and take a look. It's a nice little write-up about uh, what was going on on the show and stuff. looks like it got pulled off of the uh, uh, website. And they're running episode 24 on a link repeater system. In fact, you can listen to it on IRLP and EQSO, apparently. Uh, On IRLP, it's Node 6616. And, uh... Also node 6124 and on EQSO VK7 AX uh, ATV and SSTV chat room and at some point on one of the shows somewhere we're going to have to talk about EQSO because there's just not a lot of press going on. but if you got time go over there and give a listen to the uh, the Northwest Tasmania ATV group and uh, some of the stuff they uh, play on the repeater. They try and get it on there about six fifty PM or eighteen fifty hours, and I'm sure at six fifty PM uh, their time. So uh, y'all go on over and check it out. Like I said, looks like they're running episode twenty four, and I don't know why they're running episode twenty four when they got the brand new logo. But uh, oh yeah, and they got that picture with Russ Evan like stuff sticking
1: out of his head. So uh, y'all go on over and check it out. What do you think about that, Russ? I'm not sure what email you're looking at, but the one I'm looking at says they're playing episode number 25. According to this, it was airing on Tuesday, 6.15 at about 6 p.m. their time, which means by the time you hear this, it'll be long, long over. And I think they must have picked episode 25 because of the title, which was Where Are My Meds? I mean, how can you pass up an episode like that? Mine says they were airing an episode Junk in the Trunk. Really? Uh-huh. When did you get this? 6-7. 6-7. Uh-huh. Well, you know what? Maybe they're... I didn't get that one, but I just got this one today. It
0: (laughs) says uh, in the subject line, uh, Tuesday 8-6-2010 Broadcast Advice. Linux in the Ham Shack. Details.
1: Well, the one I got, like I said, just came in today at 1.10 a.m. this morning that said they were playing episode 25, so maybe they're playing our episodes every week. That, that'd be kind of cool.
0: Good. <laughs> if you guys are listening down there in northwest Tasmania, which I guess you are if you're playing our episodes, uh, play the other show too, damn it. <laughs> Richard's
1: feeling left out.
0: I'm trying to collect up Russ on every other show he's been, so we can find a way to like get that streaming every once in a while. He's getting all the getting all the notoriety at this point. I haven't been contacted in months.
1: Well, that's because you don't show up at any shows. That's okay though, because I
0: think, not sure, but I think I'm still welcome by the cranks.
1: Yes, I'm sure you are. But I've been out there. I've been putting in the miles, and I've been getting out the show. I bet and- Larry would let me go on his show. Larry would probably let us both go on his show. But anyway. Wait a minute. You got an email from Larry. Well, we we got a, yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Let me finish up on this one. Oh, we we'll finish. Okay. I just wanted to thank the guys down there in the uh, ATV group and BK7AX for rebroadcasting Linux in the ham shack down in Tasmania. I mean, we really appreciate that. I know we have some listeners down there. Who listen to the show regularly, but having them play it over their amateur radio frequencies is kind of cool. And it that's looks right. like they played two in a row. So that's awesome. Thanks guys. Yeah. And y'all
0: like sticky tongues out or a couple fingers in there at them guys in Sydney, they might be able to see you. I don't know. Uh, anyway, throw a couple fingers up at them. Tell them that, uh, Rich is mad cause they don't listen to them. All.
1: Can we do a hello VK seven, a X and stereo kind of thing like to do over at going Linux? I'll count to three.
0: See, you 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 spent too long in South Carolina, brother.
1: All right, forget that. Never mind. You're starting to sound like them. How am I? No, I'm not. Count. Count what? One, two, three? Yeah, like that. Okay. Are we really going to do it? Sure. All right. One, two, three. Hello, (laughs) VK7AX. All right, anyway, enough of that. All right, so you don't have anything else, huh? Harlem might let me come on his show who Harlem 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 will let you come on the show. They'd love to have you over there, Harlem and uh Peter both well i I
0: got my Peter's not a problem. you we know the funny nice
1: thing the is since together. since I did the show, I haven't heard a uh, fresh Ubuntu come out, but then I haven't checked my r s s. Peter anyway, so are we going to get on with this or what? okay, go ahead, okay, do you have any more? Yes, no, oh,
0: no, I'm fresh out,
1: okay. Well, I've got one here from, uh, W. No, wait. That's not who it's from. W. Noite. Yeah, W. Uh, the Japanese. Okay, this one's from somebody. Lynn. 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 L-Y-N-N. I assume that's a female, Lynn. No, 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 no. But, but it could be wrong. But anyway, here's what it says. D-B-D. Do you use a paper? Okay, the question is: um, There's a subject line that says, "How do you calendar?" And the email says, "Do you use paper or pocket calendar or online through Google or Yahoo or BlackBerry slash smartphone?" With retirement, I'm losing my calendar function through Lotus Notes and my BlackBerry, so I need to choose a new technology or pencil and paper. From Lynn don't see any associated call sign there, so I'm not sure who Lynn is and whether that's a male or a female, you know, some, what's that?
0: I have that email or one very similar. And the reason I had reason I didn't bring it in here is because, um, I got asked directly. I got emailed directly on that after I helped them out with a problem at the other website.
1: Okay. Do you want to address calendaring or do we want to? Well, the, the,
0: the response that I sent out in the email, the response I sent out in the email is the fact that I had a Blackberry. I had a Blackberry. It was with, with Sprint. When I changed providers, I had to, I couldn't use that phone anymore, of course. So I'm not using it anymore. But when I was using it, I was syncing, uh, my email from the phone. To Google, to, uh, lightning bird or something. Was, uh, I don't remember what it was in, uh, uh, Firefox. Sunbird. So, uh, huh? Sunbird. Yeah. That was it. Sunbird. There's a, there's an add-on by a slightly different name, but it's basically the same program. And I was doing it that way, but now I've moved to this other phone. And uh, unfortunately, it's a Samsung A887, which is fairly new, I guess. And there's not a lot of apps and stuff like that available. So as far as calendaring is concerned, I'm not even using the calendar over at Google anymore, which that same add-on would do that, uh, keep the calendar synced up. Uh, So I'm not using that calendar program over there anymore at Google. So uh what I, my advice was, was let me check into it and I'll get back to you uh concerning that email. But as it stands right now, that was a plan in the past with the BlackBerry, which was download the apps from the other Evil Empire and hook everything together that way. I could put stuff on my calendar while I was out on a job and it'd be on the one on a computer when I got home. Yeah. So there you go.
1: Okay, well, I, I personally don't do a lot of calendaring. The only calendaring I do is when I'm at work, and I use the Evil Empire software, Microsoft Outlook, for that calendaring. I know um, Mozilla Sunbird works pretty well, from what I've heard. Apple's iCal works pretty well, all of which are compatible, I believe, with the iCal format. Uh, beyond that, I can't really speak to calendaring. We are looking at an option from... Uh Scalix, which does calendaring. It's a groupware application. It is open source. But unfortunately I can't talk terribly intelligently about calendaring, so I'm gonna have to pass up on this one. Well,
0: uh that's one of those let us check into it and we'll get back to you kind of thing.
1: Yeah, something like that. Well I can get I've got a couple of donations I can get through really quick here. Okay. Uh maybe only one actually. Uh no, there's two here. I've got one from William. And I don't have a call sign with that one. And I've got one here from Fraser. So William and Frazier, we would like to thank you very much for your donations to our hosting expenses over here at Linux and the Hamshack. And we hope you continue to listen in the future. Thanks very much.
0: And thank you for sending in that donation.
1: I'm sorry I got mesmerized. Yeah, Richard had to get the last word in. I'm sorry. Okay, the next thing I've got is a comment on the website from Larry. And you know what we have to do because this is Larry. So do I need to count again?
0: Oh, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Okay. One, two, three. Hi, Hi, Larry. Larry. Okay. We got this comment on the website from Larry Bushy, who is one of the co-hosts over at Going Linux. And he says, Hi, guys. Just wanted to let you know I'm listening and love you guys, too. And this is reference to a reference we made to the guys over at going Linux a couple episodes ago where we said we love Larry and we love Tom and we love going Linux. And it's a giant love fest and everybody loves everybody. Kissy kissy, love, love.
0: Yes. We're touching, sharing, loving, feeling badger people. Badger, 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 badger. badger. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: Somebody says I'm being spoken to in the chat room. WQ3C says Google publishes a synchronization program to go between Google Calendar and Outlook. Well, that's interesting information, but I know nothing about that, so we'll have to add it to our list of things to check out and report on in a later show. Okay, that was that. Um, Are we done? On to the next yeah, go ahead. Um, I'm sorry. I'm
0: trying to catch up in what was going on in the chat room because we had a question that we can probably milk for about five or ten minutes worth of content.
1: Okay, well, keep that handy because I'm almost down to the end of my list. I'm working on it. Okay. Well, the next one I have here is from Whiskey Sierra for Echo. That would be WS4E. Name of Don. And Don says, Russ and Richard been a long-time RF listener. I have been following LHS since day one as well. Quite a large number of different Linux software solutions have been discussed in the last few years, and I have experimented with untold number of ham apps on Linux myself. So I thought it would be interesting to take a few moments to kind of discuss what is your current choices for all the things that are needed for a typical ham setup. Distro of your choice, how you handle the logbook QSL workflow, logbook of the world, working PSK, RIDI or other digital modes, tracking DXCC or other certificates, rig control, DX cluster monitoring, favorite other utilities that are ham-handy, etc. Basically, whatever you personally run to get your ham stuff done on Linux. Simply just a checkpoint on what you guys have decided to use among all the things you experimented with over the years of using Linux as a shack computer. There is a lot of talk about individual applications, but not much about what a recommended typical tool set of an entire ham setup on Linux consists of. You guys might want to treat this as more of an episode idea instead of a feedback if you want. Regards, Don, Whiskey Sierra for Echo. And that probably would be an entire episode as opposed to addressing feedback, but since we're talking about feedback, let's address it as feedback.
0: Well, it would be a full, worth full episode and we probably will get to that. One of the things you guys need to remember is that, uh, as far as actual, uh, computers and Linux, I was mostly a paper guy. I like a, uh, I like a, a book underneath my hand with a pen writing down call signs and stuff when I operate. So logging is normally a secondary issue for me. But uh, there are a lot of good uh, utilities and stuff I do use, and I've been looking into some more stuff, and I'm having more and more time now to be able to uh, do some of the radio stuff that I haven't been able to do. I'm all for us trying to put together an episode. We'll do we'll do it right after the ORCA episode if y'all want, want us to. <laughs> Go ahead, Russ.
1: Man, that sounds like a good idea. That way we have two episodes already planned out. Yeah, that is if we're going to do work and next, which I don't know if we are or not, but there, there's an idea anyway. We have to do uh, uh, Dayton next. Well, that's true. We haven't even addressed Dayton yet, have we? And then
0: we have to do self.
1: Well, uh, we can do Dayton and self as one thing. How about we do that? Oh, Okay. All right, Don. So I think what you've discovered is that what we're going to do is talk about your email as an entire episode of Linux in the Shack, which is coming up either three, four, five, or 27 episodes in the future, whichever comes last. And there you have it. Okay. So that's all I've got for that one. Okay.
0: Well, you know, since we're doing feedback, we've already done both our breaks. I'm not sure how far we're into the show because we talked forever and a day before we even got started. So. There was a question in the chat room and I'd like to talk about it in a couple minutes. There was a question about slow machines and pure evil in our chat room Is the user in the chat room. If you'd like to restate the initial question, that, that might be a little helpful because I don't think I ever actually saw that one. But, uh, basically the flow of the conversation is about, uh, low speed computers, older computers and, uh, uh, the need for a, a smaller distribution to try and run on it and everything else. So, um, it was mentioned that I'm running 133 megahertz Dell, uh, Dell laptop over here. I think it's a latitude. It's only got a six gig hard drive. Being a, a newer Linux user, it's more difficult to go backwards unless you have fairly extensive computer experience to, uh, Use some of the lighter versions because the way they make these distributions lighter is by leaving out some of the, heavier weight, uh, GUI applications that are involved. Uh, I saw mention of LXDE version of Mint and small versions of Ubuntu and that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, these things are still pretty heavy. Okay. As far as, uh, I, I see you have a three gig hard drive in in there. As far as that's concerned, a fully installed new copy of Ubuntu, uh, nine, ten, no, 1004, which is the most recent one, is l- only two gigs. So, yes, I can see that you've got considerations. Let me, let me tell you what we got going on over here on this, uh, on this Dell latitude. I'm running Crunchbang Linux Lite. CrunchBang Linux Lite, luckily, there was a CD drive on the computer where I could load it on. It has a 6-gig hard drive, which is twice the size of the one that you have. However, I'm going to have to keep the applications to a minimum. And, in fact, I may go ahead and purchase a slightly larger thumb drive so that I can run the applications from there or at least keep the data on there. Now, being fairly new to Linux... I don't know how much experience you have, even though you are new to Linux. There are a lot of things that translate over from other operating systems to Linux. Um, I myself, one of the things that's really helped me along is the fact that I was a heavy, heavy DOS user. Yeah, up to uh, the time that you couldn't get it as a standalone as standalone anymore. Uh, when they shut it down, the only way you could use DOS is if you were on a copy of Windows. So that has helped me a lot. Uh, also, having done a lot of basic when uh, the older computers were out, uh, all this has helped me a lot in uh, getting a handle on Linux, if I can find something that uh, tells me how it is. The upside is, even with something like Crunchbang Linux, and there are a lot of little ones out there, Crunchbang Linux, DSL, Puppy Linux is now back into production. I'm not sure how small it is. But uh, they went ahead and went back. It's now based on Ubuntu, or at least that's what I was reading in the literature. But there has been a, re- a recent release of Puppy Linux. Um, there are a handful of really good ones out there, but they're not going to be as feature-rich as probably what you may have been used to in the past. To have something that's like what you may have been used to in the past, you're going to have to have your hands on one of the big three. Or something based on one of the big three. Uh, Red Hat, SUSE, Debian. You kind of have to decide what you're going to do with this machine. Once you figure out what you're going to do with this machine, uh, give it a shot. I know this, this Dell Latitude I have over here, which has 128 megs of memory. I cannot run Firefox reliably. It runs really, really slow. It will run, but it's a pain to work with. However, it will run the uh, D-Star gateway, uh, D-Chat. Um, I haven't actually put FL Digi on it yet, but it has run, uh, or I have heard it will run fairly well on a machine like this. Also, you might go over to Ted's site, uh, W-A-Zero-E-I-R. Throw, throw me a URL, Ed, uh, Ted. Um, go over to Ted's site, W-A-Zero-E-I-R. And check out some of his applications over there. Uh, they're, they're very small and, but they get the job done. And that's, that's the whole point. They, they will get the job done and they don't take, don't eat up a bunch of memory. Um, I even have a problem using a stripped down, uh, version of, uh, Firefox called Midori, Midora, something as my web browser on that mach- particular machine when I'm having to go out on the web to pick stuff up. But, it still runs kind of slow. You'll have to experiment and see what works for you. But my big, my best suggestion would be go over to uh, w a zero e i r dot dot org. W a zero e i r dot ham dot org. Go over there, check out what Ted's got. Uh, take a look at some of these light distributions. There's uh, Crunchbang Linux, Damn Small Linux. Puppy Linux, there's a handful of them out there. And I'm not sure how you're going to be able to load it on there. Uh, there was some talk about putting one on a thumb drive and I know Russ is getting bored, but I'm, I'm wrapping it up. There was some talk in the chat room that, uh, uh, putting it on a, uh, a, a thumb drive or an SD card to load it in. Uh, there is a also a program out there called UNetbootin, which is for putting some of these distributions onto a thumb drive. However, if that laptop is that old, it may not boot off a thumb drive. So that's something else you also need to take into consideration. Also, you know, it never hurts to ask around, look around, and check out surplus auctions, local universities, You know, different places, school board. I picked up a bunch of computers one time from uh, an auction at the uh, Dallas Independent School District. In fact, I ended up with a 16-foot trailer full of monitors and uh, stuff like that. I only ended up getting three or four good usable machines out of it, but I made a killing at the scrap dealer. So, (laughs) (laughs) So go check these options out. And if you have any more questions, please feel free to email me. Uh, at KB5JBV at com, KB5JBV at com, And uh, we can talk about it some more. Uh, try and get you pointed in the right direction. Uh, like I said, first thing you need to do is figure out what you're going to do with that laptop. Once you figure out what your intentions are with that laptop, then you can go from there. Okay, so Russ is like doing Zen yoga and all this other stuff, sitting in his chair so I can see like, oh, thought bubbles over his head and say, "Oh God, is he
1: ever going to shut up?" So, take it away, Russ. I just wanted to let everybody know that the current version of Puppy Linux is five point oh one. It's based on Ubuntu Linux Lucid Lynx ten point oh four, and from what I've seen of it, it looks pretty slick. So, if you want to try a download of Puppy Linux on a small machine, go for it. The ISO size is about 128 megabytes, so as downloads of Linux distributions go, that's pretty small. Probably worth trying out on your smaller, older machine, as long as it's not like a 386 or something like that. So that's about all I had to say for that, and I'm actually out of feedback.
0: Well, there you go. I kind of figured we were getting there, and I wanted to address this, and uh you know I can talk when I have a little bit to talk about. Or I nothing remember, to talk uh, final, about. Final word on these computers real quick. Uh, my suggestion is that you go out and find yourself a 3 gigahertz machine with a terabyte hard drive and uh, the fastest CD drive you can get in it and a super-duper gaming video card and a big giant blaster fan to stick on that bad boy and then stick yourself a copy of Linux Mint with KDE or, or one of these giant distributions is out there because they will do everything even scratch your butt but as far as just basic use some of these others will get you get you through all right so do you have anything else for us
1: i have nothing else and watch how i'm going to steer this toward the end of the show and no. with that i think we're ready to wrap this thing up so richard's going to give off his sign up it or he's going to give his sign off information and i'm going to give mine and then we're going to call it a night and we'll see you all in a couple of weeks so richard that's- Go that's for it.
0: Rich is going to give up his sign off information because Russ has been at the antifreeze again. That's right.
1: That's, okay. <laughs> I, that's right. I have been partaking of the antifreeze. So while I sit over here and drool on myself, Richard's gonna sign off. Go for it. Well, there you go.
0: And uh I really appreciate everybody showing up and being here with us tonight. For those of you who didn't show up. <laughs> Badger. Anyway, um, badger badger
1: badger 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 badger, your badger, your
0: butcher. your pet your pet your pet your pet in pet your Wait a minute. I forgot the other stuff. If you want to contact me, uh, send me an email at kb5jbv at gmail.com or send it to the website. Cause I think, I think it's something linked in over there too. As far as following me on Twitter and Facebook and all that other stuff, uh, I'm doing my best to, to get caught up over there, but if I don't answer quick, just wait. Oh, so you can go over to Twitter, Facebook, Identica, look for kb5jbv and I'm there. Oh, I'm, am I
1: picking up a slack now? Yeah, I'm sorry. I had, I had like, okay. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. So Richard's having an aneurysm, so I'm about to wrap up the show. You can follow me on most of the social networks out there in the world using JR Woodman. I happen to be K5TUX at 73s.org. You can contact the show at info at LHSpodcast.info, and that goes to both Richard and I. You can leave us a voicemail at 888 888- 4550305 or you can call 417-200-4811 and please note that that number is different than the one we had as of last episode so don't get it wrong uh, make sure you hit the right extension we have we have a good IVR and you'll know exactly where to go to leave us a message so once again the new number is 417-200-4811 so I want to thank everybody for listening to the show My name is Russ, I'm K5TUX This has been episode 40 of Winnington the Hamshag. And I'm up here in the pine forest Between the peaks of north central Arkansas And down there in the bunker Or actually whatever he's going to call it Nowadays is Richard
0: you No know, just high top Bailey the Bailey Thornhill building In beautiful Bald Springs, Texas This is KB5JBB And I guess we will see you all Next time that